Welcome back to The Current. I'm your host, Nadia Last, and today's episode is the first in a multiple-part series about human design. So unless you've been living under a rock, (laughs) if you've been following any part of this podcast thus far, or if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I talk a lot about human design. And it's a very mystical system that basically gives you a tool for self-understanding. And it's very, very, very tactical and specific to how your energy is and how it's designed through to move through the world. So today I'm joined by my good friend, Sam, and she'll be joining me in this series. And together we unpack what is human design? Where did it come from? What can we learn from human design? And you can expect deep dives on each of the energy types in the weeks to follow. We'll also be diving into specific decision-making strategies that you can find through human design. They're called inner authorities. And then we're also going to dive into the different profile lines. And depending on how that goes, we might add a few more to the series as well. And we'll be engaging with you all as part of this community to hear what do you want to hear from. And I just want to caveat before we jump into this that this is not going to become a human design podcast. Human design is one very important facet of my work and what fascinates me. I'm also really, really engaged in psychological study and understanding the human brain and trauma and inner child work and other modes of sort of spiritual inner inquiry. So this is going to be kind of like a foundational series that you can come back to again and again as you explore your own human design, but it's not going to be everything. So I also want to say that human design, in my experience, finds people when they're ready to receive it. So if there's a part of you in your body that's like human design, I'm not really interested in this. What I would say is trust yourself, trust that instinct. And you can listen to all the other types of content and episodes that I'll publish in future and ones that I've already published. And for those who are ready, for those who feel kind of a tingling, like what is human design? My curiosity is peaked. I just want to let you know that this is nothing to believe in. This is not a religion. It's not anything for you to basically, it's not dogmatic in any way. Think of it as one lens to better understand yourself and think of it as a tool for inner inquiry. So each of the facets of human design that you find out about yourself, check in with your body and say, does this feel like me? Does this feel right? And there's a lot of power in just having a different aspect of your energy described and then heading to your journal and journaling about it for a little bit and saying, does this resonate with me? Am I going to take this with me or would I describe myself differently? And whether it resonates with you or not, I think that there's still a lot of wisdom and self-understanding that can be gained from that exercise. I think that it's an incredibly auspicious time to be doing an intro to human design and a series on human design as we head into the holiday season. Because being around family members and, and you know being around <laughs> just people that have known you your whole life is such a reminder of the ways in which we can get stuck in patterning. The ways in which we can get stuck in how other people see us rather than really expressing the inner parts of ourselves that want to be let out. So think of this as an invitation just to get grounded back into your body to better understand who you are and who you're meant to be in this lifetime. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. And here we go.
welcome to a podcast series that Sam and I have been cooking up for quite some time. We're so excited to be here. We are so excited to be here. And, you know, Nadia and I met through human design. We met through a mutual friend uh, because both of us kept talking to this friend about human design. And she was like, okay, it's time time for you two to talk and (laughs) remove me from the equation. (laughs) And it has been so transformative for our lives. That's why we love it. That's why we talk about it. Uh, We both are human design readers and just general human design enthusiasts. It's been an integral part of our involvement and we love sharing it with other people. And something I think we both wanted to contribute to is creating free human design content. We think that everybody should be able to have access to some of the basic foundational human design content in depth. And we wanted to provide that. And you know, a podcast is a great way to do it Absolutely. And I think that there's so much to say, honestly, and we're going to talk about it throughout this series. But the fact that we're still talking about human design in such depth is very surprising to me. I'm not sure if it's surprising to you, Sam. It is. I mean, as a manifesting generator, which if you don't know what that is, we will be covering it over the course of this series, but my interests changed very quickly. So I had no idea. I, when Nadia and I met just over a year ago, I had no idea if I would still be interested in human design three years, excuse me, three months from then. Uh, And even Nadia and I have gone through our own pathways with it, where there have been moments where we're like, okay, we're not as fascinated with this, but it just keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. And it surprises me again and again and again. And even when I started my business, when I quit my job and started to do sort of my work full time, I thought human design would be a very small facet of what I'd be doing. But as I've gone on, the interest in human design is baffling to me. Like there are so many people who are coming out of the woodwork in my personal life and also professionally that I'm meeting who are interested in getting to know themselves at a much deeper level. And I will say that it's, it's a very transformational tool to come back to your own energy and the things that make you, you and where you take in conditioning from the world. So it's, it's a really, really transformational tool to just understand why you're here. I think it's the ultimate permission slip. It's the ultimate, um, it's okay to be exactly who you are. There's nothing wrong with you. And in fact, these qualities, these attributes about yourself that you either dismissed or tried to change are actually incredible gifts and they're who you're meant to embody and be in this lifetime. And it's so powerful to just have that permission given to really lean in and some guidance as to how to make sense of um, yourself and your role in the world. And it sounds esoteric, but in practice, when somebody receives a reading, I'm usually doing readings with strangers. They look at me at some point in the reading and they're like, Nadia, I don't understand how you can describe with such stunning attention to detail and accuracy, how it feels to be in my body. Like I've never told anyone that I felt this way before. I thought this was a me thing. I thought that this was all in my head. I thought that this was something to be ignored. And the fact that you, the stranger from across, halfway across the world are on Zoom with me right now and describing how it feels to wake up in my unique body is baffling. And it can be extremely practical. Like there are specific steps, specific guidance 
to implement and you can keep coming back. Both Nadia and I have been studying and learning about our designs and implementing them, integrating them for years. And we are still always learning more, always going back, always taking it further. And that's something I love about it because I think a lot of things in wellness or or kind of self-development can be a little bit squishy. And this is pretty clear. They sometimes so simple, it feels like, is this it? And then you realize, okay, this is actually much harder in practice. So let's, why don't we uh, start with a little bit of background about what the system is? I also want to say just really quickly, part of our intention of creating this content and the series is that when we were both finding out about human design, so much of the information that's available online is really difficult to wade through if you're a beginner or it's paywalled, meaning you have to pay to purchase some sort of video or some sort of thing from some website. And so I think the first intention of us creating this is to make it extremely accessible. If you've never heard of human design before, and you're starting right now, everything that we introduce, every single you know, complex layer to the system, we're going to define and make sure that you can sort of access it as we're going along. And then the second intention is just to make it, um, to make it free. So we want to share as much as possible on this podcast, as if you're having a conversation with us, learning about this, this system in the way that we wish that we could have learned about it at the time. And we want to be clear that this is for everybody, no matter where you are. If you're sitting, listening to this, like I was when I first learned about the system and I was a securities attorney in New York City and no one around me was talking about energy or like meditation was kind of hippie for this space. Like that wasn't even something that most people were engaged in. Um, I had never, you know, things like talk describing how energy moved felt really foreign to me. You are welcome here. And if you are really um, on a spiritual path and kind of speaking about how energy moves and uh, astrology and other modalities is a part of your language, you are welcome here too. Human design is something that can be available for everybody. It's a framework and a way to view the world and a way to view yourself. And at the most simple place, that's how it can be. So you get to decide um, how it, you know, what it means for you in your life. It's nothing to believe in. I always tell people this at the start of my readings, like this is not a religion. This is not a belief system. Think of this just as like a very in-depth personality test but rather based on your, rather than being based on your own subjective understanding of yourself, because our self-insight can be flawed and it can be conditioned. This is sort of an objective system based entirely on the moment that you were born and the location that you were born. And so part of this is extremely mystical. It can't fully be explained. So I tell people, you don't have to believe in any of this. Just open yourself up to experiencing it open yourself up to viewing yourself in this, in this light and also experiment with it. Human design is an experiment. You're meant to sort of say, okay, if this is what the system is telling me that my energy, the ways in which my energy moves, try working with that energy one day and then try working exactly the opposite way the next day and compare contrast. It's for you to basically take what resonates and leave the rest. Which gets us to 
okay, so we're talking about it, but what does it mean? What does it look like? So the human design system, and this is the part that I think is um, maybe requires the most open-mindedness. The way that we get this information comes from your date of birth, your specific time of birth to the minute matters, and your place of birth. And based on this information, we can create this very complex chart. And this chart tells us all this sort of, um, again, information about your role, your gifts, your insecurities, the way that you're meant to shine in the world, how you impact people, how you're impacted by other people. And if you're following along right now and you've never looked up your chart before, we encourage you to pause this podcast, go to any free human design site like mybodygraph.com or geneticmatrix.com. And if you know your birth information, enter it there and pull up your chart. And what you're looking at is literally an image of your physical body. And all the color that you see in your chart is the energy that you have consistent access to. And everything on this chart means something. And all the white spaces that you see in your chart is where you take in energy from the world around you. And you'll see that you have an energy type. You'll see that you have a profile, all these things. I remember the first time I looked up my chart, I was like, what is this like hieroglyphic wild looking thing? Keep this chart handy as we go through this series together. And Sam and I will be walking you through the fundamentals of this, of this chart so that you can understand yourself. It's natural and totally normal to have no idea what this means to have no vocabulary. Sometimes clients will say, I looked at the chart, but I don't understand it. It's like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <How would you? laughs> um, and, and, you know, in this episode, we won't be getting into um, a lot of specifics, but we will be covering over the course of this series, your energy type. There are five types and uh, we'll be getting into a bit of authority and profile. So look, when you pull up your chart, look for those specifically. Um, there's a lot to go into, but energy type and authority are kind of the places to start. And what that means at a high level is how does your energy move through this world? What is the role that you're meant to play in the world and how do you impact people and, and how does your energy naturally move? And then also how do you make decisions and what's the faculty that you can access within your body to make decisions that are meant for you to guide you back into yourself and your purpose moment by moment. Human design tells us that we each have an authority within ourselves and it's not in our mind that we don't go to the mind first to make decisions. We go somewhere else and, um, and we get access to our intuition and then that's a safe authority, that that's an okay authority to trust a lot. A lot of us, we've been told like, it's not safe to go with that instinct or to go with, um, what's inside. You need to rely on outer authorities, other people to tell you where you go. And human design kind of flips that narrative and says, it starts within your body. Absolutely. So Sam, I think before we get into all the types of information that you can learn from human design, what is your sort of overarching human design energy? Sure. So I am a manifesting generator. That's my type. Uh, my authority is emotional. That basically in a short uh, <laughs> capsule means that 
I am kind of always on an emotional wave. I feel my emotions, mine in really big ways. And because of that, I need to give some time to have clarity. But once I have that time, I can trust this really strong gut instinct. I have a lot of energy and my energy energizes everyone else's. Um, I'm very multi-passionate. I'm non-linear. I move quickly and, um, and I can keep going for a long time. My profile is 4-1. So what people will say together is I would say I'm a 4-1 emotional manifesting generator. Is there anything you want to say about being a 4-1 at a very high level, like what you've learned sure. through this? So I'll just say, you know, what the 4-1 that refers to profile, and there's two numbers in that. There's four and one. Everybody has two numbers. And, um, and we're saying a lot of information. We're going to circle back to all of this. But um, the four aspect, Nadia and I share, and the four is all about community. And when I learned that I was a four line and that I am meant to um, build close community of people around me and connect intimately, and that's the way that I share my gifts in the world, it was very affirming for me because at that time I was working in a place where I didn't have a lot of community and I wasn't very connected. And I felt like I just had to get over that. And instead I realized, no, I will be most successful in a place that honors community and where I have the opportunity to connect with people. It's actually one of my greatest gifts. And that's also because of, um, one of my life themes is all about building community. And then the one aspect of it is, I'm an investigator. I love to go deep into information. I research the hell out of the things that I'm interested in. And that was interesting because I didn't totally resonate with that, but I would tell people around me and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Nadia's always like, are you going to fact check me? Cause I do. I'm like, look up everything, um, when I'm interested in it. And it, so together these things, I love to research and then share it with my community around me. So beautiful. And as you're hearing this, you might say to yourself, doesn't everybody need a community? And that might be true. And there are different parts of your chart that can point to that, but specifically for Sam's purpose to play out in the, with the most ease in this lifetime, she needs to make sure that she's prioritizing her relationships, that she's tending to her relationship garden, so to speak, that she's investing in the people in her life, because that's how her purpose is manifested. It's through networking and, um, Sam, that's so beautiful. I think, uh, not that you're asking, but I'll tell you anyway, at a high level, <laughs> my human I'm asking. is that, uh, the way that you would say it is that I'm a four, six splenic projector. And what that means is that similar to Sam, I live out my purpose through my community, but unlike her investigative side, my, my second line in my profile is a six line. It's called the role model. And I am meant to basically not tell anybody what to do, even though it's really hard as a recovering bossy older sister, but I'm instead meant to sort of just model what it looks like to be my most authentic self, my most embodied and authentic version of myself. And that is sort of how I inspire other people to step into their inner truth in this lifetime. My Decision-making authority is splenic, meaning I'm an intuitive decision-maker. It happens in very quiet whispers in the moment, and I'm sort of nudged quietly in these different directions in life. And it speaks once, my intuition, and it doesn't usually explain itself. So I have to just kind of take these subtle hits that I'm getting from my body and quiet my mind that's 
coming in and judging, you know, like, why would you get this sort of intuitive hit to do this thing and instead kind of follow it when it, when it guides me. And I know that Sam and I in business, Sam's witnessed when I've gotten hits about things and I'm like, this makes no sense, but then it ends up panning out. So I've built trust in this intuitive faculty over time. And finally, I'm a projector, meaning that I'm not here to do all the doing I'm here to guide and I'm here to see other people. And I see people in a very deep way, oftentimes seeing them better than they can see themselves. And um, that's why Sam and I make such an awesome dynamic duo because she energizes me. She gives me so much energy in order to uh, really go after the things that I love. But ultimately when I'm left to my own energy, I'm here to guide and, and lead people and help them do things more efficiently. And then for me, I have all this energy as a generator, manifesting generator, um, but I don't always know where to direct it. And it can be a little bit chaotic at times. And so having a trusted projector and Nadia who can say, can you think about it like this? Or, you know, what about this way of managing it? I find that I may have an idea and I bring it to her and she makes it twice as good and it'll take me half as much time um, with her input and feedback. And that's something really beautiful about human design, because I think in a, in a one way to look at things is like, well, we're measured by how much we do. And, and I just feel the system has empowered me to think differently about people's gifts and see the value in all different types of gifts. So let's talk about the types of information that you can expect to learn from a system like human design, because you're listening to us talk about ourselves, but you're like, okay, I'm ready to learn about myself. And I think the first thing I want to say is that human design is a system of remembrance. That's, that's how I experience it. So when I'm sharing people's gifts with them, with them, oftentimes they're not surprised by what I'm saying but it's helpful to hear it from someone else. Like, oh yeah, I am really good at starting things. I am really good at uh, intuitively hearing, you know, the, the depth of what people are saying, but it takes a system like human design to kind of boomerang us back into, oh, this is where I'm meant to focus. And we spend so many, so much of our lives, honestly, trying to be other people because we see what other people are doing and human design brings us back to sort of our path. So let's talk about all the different things that you can learn, Sam. So one of the things that I just, I love it for is, you know, there is no one set of advice that would work best for everybody. And it affirms that. And it not only does that, but it can, it can help us understand we've all been in situations where we loved where we worked or we felt really supported by the relationship or by the community, or we love the role, but we didn't know why. So let's for, I'll take a quick example. Let's talk about work. Maybe you're like, I loved, I liked being there, but something was off and I can't figure out, is it that I didn't like the substance of the work? Is it that I didn't mesh with my colleagues? Was it the environment? Was I not managed in a way that felt right? Did I have too much autonomy? Was I not recognized enough? And if we don't have the guidance, we can, we don't, it's harder to identify what worked about this. So I want to replicate it and what didn't work. So I want to call it out. And human design gives that sort of framework. It can tell you, okay, this is the part that you're really going to thrive in. And so what, for example, as I was saying with community, I need to be um, in roles where I have the chance to connect with people. And so it doesn't matter. I'm also a lawyer. It doesn't matter 
for certain substance, if I don't have the chance to connect with people, then those roles are going to feel good. And I didn't really understand or appreciate how important that was for me before human design just made that very clear. Absolutely. And just to piggyback off that for you, Sam, there's also a part of your chart that says that you need to be experiencing the fullness of life. So if you're in corporate spaces that are just kind of mundane and nobody's really emoting or really sort of getting excited about the things that they're working on, that's also not for you. And just even saying that is like, oh yeah, that is correct. But, but seeing it in the system and bringing you back again and again and again, it just helps. So let's talk about specific things that you can learn. Um, the first thing is that you learn how you make decisions like we're talking about. So, and that's always in your body. What's another thing that you learn, Sam? You learn, you know, what are, okay. So one of my favorite things is what are places that you're prone to insecurities? Um, so, you know, as you're making decisions, okay. For example, my intelligence has been something that I'm insecure about and not knowing enough. And so I may be hesitant to share my voice and share my content or information because I don't feel like I know enough, but I know that that is such an, uh, a, a place where I'm just prone, extra sensitive and extra prone for my chart. So I can seek extra support there and I can kind of check myself. Is this true or am I just insecure? And so therefore like, I'm going to need some extra support to make sure I move forward. And just to sort of concretize that Sam has both of her mind centers undefined or open or white in, in her human design chart. And that means that she can feel other people's thought energy and that she can be easily conditioned by the thought energy that she's feeling from other people. So the different white spaces that you have in your chart, every single center means something specifically. And it shows you where do you take an energy from the world around you? And if you're over-identifying with that energy, it has the, you know, the potential to become conditioning, but if you really become wise armed with the knowledge of human design, if you really become wise that this energy is not mine and I'm here to just kind of taste test and sample it all of a sudden you have all this wisdom that's created in your open centers. For example, I have an open solar plexus in human design, which we'll talk about, but it means that I can feel other people's emotional energy really, really easily. And before finding human design, I thought that I was an overly emotional person. I would cry. I still cry at TV commercials. Like they're not sad. <laughs> and my boyfriend, Scott will always look at me and he's like, are you crying right now? I'm like, I just, and it's, it just <laughs> hits, it hits me so quickly. And with human design, I, I understand that when I'm in the presence of emotional energy, it moves through my system, like a, a really intense tsunami. And then it's gone almost as quickly as it came into my system. Yeah. Let me, so kind of clarifying my intelligence example, um, those who have, if you're looking at the chart, it, it's called your head and your Ajna. It's these top two centers at the top. And those who haven't defined can have a clear viewpoint of the world and that confidence that they have in how they see the world and in their opinions, um, can be overwhelming for me because I won't share that. I am not hundred percent sure of really anything, but it's actually my gift because then I'm able to go and take these different ideas and take these different ways of conceptualizing ideas and evaluate them. I can kind of see all these different perspectives. My viewpoint is really big and I can kind of play with and dance with all different ways of thinking of things, um, and assess and come up with, you know, what I, 
um, think might be the best path, but I don't have that same confidence and assuredness. And so being around people that do, I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Am I just not smart enough to understand? Or do I just not know enough? And I didn't even, it took me even some time in human design to really like see that. But now that I do, I, it just gives me an extra defense because I know like this, there might not be truth to it. This is just a way that my mind might be hijacking my intuition and leading me off course. Yes. And in a world where we're conditioned to say, you have to be certain, you have to find your own ideas. You have to find what you believe in. Sam is bucking that convention and saying, I'm actually not here to be certain of anything. I'm here to be continuously evaluating other people's ideas. And I think that that's just a beautiful example, Sam, of, of how we're told one thing and we grow up a certain way, especially in the traditional schooling system. And human design is guiding you back into your energy and what you're here to do, uh, even if it hasn't been modeled. It's Human design is such a new paradigm way of understanding ourselves. It's bucking the notion that parents, you know, when they have a kid, they condition their kid to be exactly like them or, you know, the kid that they want them to be. And human design is a system that says, okay, this child is being brought into the world with a very unique set of gifts and a very unique energy. Here's a tool that will help you understand them as an individual. And that's kind of this new paradigm that human design, I believe human design is ushering us into. It's like, let's get to know each individual person. The reason that a lot of times you're conditioned by your parents, it's not, you know, it's often to protect us or because it's a belief of protecting us. Like for instance, you know, a few generations ago, um, there was this, or not even a few, there's this belief that comes from older generations of like, to be successful, you need to be the first one there, the last one out, you need to be the hardest working, you need to output the most. And that belief, there is some truth in that. There's truth in our defenses. It was passed on to us to keep us safe because our parents wanted us to be successful and be able to have the things that were available to us. And now we have this opportunity to look at it differently and to say, sure, for some people, maybe they can't output all day, but they actually need to like what they do. It's not enough to just find the best job and make yourself love it. Um, to get access to that and to get access to this full like power and energy inside of you, you need to want to be there. And for some people, they can contribute so much and they bring so much value, but it's not based on their output. It's not based on how many hours or how much content they can spin out. And that's a new way of thinking about it. That's what we mean by we're saying new paradigm. It's like, it's a whole new shift and conceptualizing how we can be successful in the world and what it means to be thriving and the permission. Cause often these things, these aspects of conditioning there. And when we say that we mean kind of outside forces telling us about kind of what path to take in the world, they often come from love. Um, and they often come from a place of genuine belief and this system gives us a, a way to challenge that and then to experiment to see if it feels good and it can actually work. Totally. So I think we <laughs> meandered a bit as we tend to do, but, <laughs> <laughs> but human design, you can learn how you make decisions. You can learn where you take in energy from the world around you, specific sort of centers or chakras of energy that you, you take in the world around you. It, it spells out where in your body you are an empath, like where you can feel other people deeply. 
And then where in your body you have access to your own energy, the chakras or centers that you really, you wake up with this innate energy within you. Sam and I both have defined throats in human design, meaning that we both have consistent access to speaking energy. It's, you know, this beautiful common denominator in, <laughs> in our charts where we can sit and talk to each other for hours. <laughs> and we and that's do. What we're doing. <laughs> um, and so this, you know, this is so correct for us. One of the things that I'm going to use Nadia's language that I just love is that human design can boomerang you back into your purpose. And Nadia, I would like you to speak on this because I think you do it so beautifully. Before finding human design, I wanted to go back to grad school to become a therapist, which I'm now doing. Um, but I remember thinking, I need to learn how to listen. I speak too much. I need to go back to grad school so that I can learn how to really listen and become basically a different person. I thought in order to become therapist, Nadia, I needed to become something different. And that's how many of us think. That's how many of us are conditioned. Because when we're in school, when we're you know, in, in lower school and in elementary school, if we're struggling in a subject, usually what happens is that teachers and, and parents come in, they swarm and they say, we need to make sure that we get your grade up in this, in the subject that you're struggling at, completely ignoring the one subject where your innate genius is just flowing through you and you're so good. And what human design boomerangs you back into is forget all this noise this is, these are the cards that you were dealt in this lifetime. This is what you are so innately talented at. This is what flows through you unimpeded. So do these things, focus on these things. Stop trying to become someone that you're not. This is who you are in this lifetime. These are the, the cards that you were dealt. So play the hell out of this hand. And I think, you know, bringing it full circle to where I am now, I really, really am relishing in the things that come so naturally to me. I still want to learn to become a better listener. That will be a lifelong journey, but I'm also really good at speaking. <laughs> and you're also are a very good listener. Like that's the part that's so wild to me. You already, you see people so deeply and you, you ask such profound questions and you hold such space for them and you make people feel safe that this idea that you weren't you know, yes, of course, people who are holding space, people need to be able to listen to them. So it's not the Nadia show, but you already were there. But it speaks to this um, kind of like insidious conditioning that also because you're empowered in your voice, that that was a bad thing and that yes. you couldn't both be empowered in your voice and a thoughtful, present listener. Totally. And I think that uh, if I hadn't had found human design before, going to school to become a therapist, the type of therapist that I would become would be, this is what's worked in my life. So here I'm going to help you guide you prescribe what's worked for me, for you. And human design is such a humbling system because every time I pull up somebody's chart, I'm like, oh my God, you are so different from me. And it humbles me to say, let's view you. Like, let me get to know you because what works for me will probably not work for you. And it really brings every single person back to their own inner wisdom. What can you go inward and rely upon within yourself to guide your life moment by moment? And I think saying boomeranging you back into your purpose, I really believe that human design spells out. Okay. I'm going to take you through this analogy, Sam. Okay. I I'm think ready. that, <laughs> I think that in our, in this lifetime, 
I've chosen Nadia. You've chosen Sam. Think about it like a video game. We're like, all right, choose your player. And Sam, you chose Sam. I chose Nadia. And we're like, okay, let's do it. And then we're like, all right, now choose like the level that you're going to overcome in this lifetime. And we're like, okay, we're going to choose this level. And based on that, what you're trying to do in this lifetime, based on the spiritual lessons that you're here to learn, the growth that you signed up for, some might call it your soul contract. You have to choose specific like tools and weapons in order to, to overcome this obstacle. So I think that human design basically spells out the gifts that you have, like the sword and the shield that you select in the video game. That's so perfectly suited for what your soul signed up for. So when I say it boomerangs you back into purpose, I think it just spells, it doesn't say, okay, Sam, you're going to write a book and you're going to become this type of lawyer. It says, this is the energy of who you are and human design helps you remember, like, why did I choose to come into this life? Yes. And I think that I, I love the analogy that you gave because we want to be clear, clear here that this isn't like a career test. So if you come in, if someone came in and was like, I want to know if human design says I would be good at being a lawyer or good at being an accountant or a Pilates instructor or whatever, it's not going to say like, yes, this is, you have like all these placements in the house of law and all these plate, you know, it, it, it doesn't function like that. Um, what it would tell you is like, you have such a gift for building community. Do you feel like you can do that? You have such a gift for, uh, identifying patterns of way our society is not in well-being and things that are going wrong and things that are kind of taking us off path. Does does your role help support you in that? And, and if not, like kind of, it, it gives you these much larger, um, I mean, in some ways they're specific, but they're not going to be slotted into specific roles. And because of that, I actually think it's more empowering because you can have any design and be successful in all sorts of industries, um, and all sorts of, you know, roles, as long as, the, um, as long as the aspects of who you are, were being honored. Yes. And I think of it like a checklist. I consistently go back to my chart and I say, am I honoring these gifts? It doesn't matter to Sam's point specifically what you're doing. As long as you're honoring the aspects of you that are innately you, you are on purpose. You're in your purpose and it will continuously expand and, and level up as you move through your life. So Sam, I have a question for you. Why has human design, what are some of the lessons or things that you've learned through human design? I love this question. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Cause this will be an ongoing conversation that we have. So I'll start at the beginning as I um, expect that many of you listening are either brand new to the system or you are kind of on your path, but, um, but perhaps newer to it or, or maybe not, but where I was when I learned the system, it was just over three years ago and I was living in New York city. I was practicing in big law at a law firm called Davis Polk, uh, practicing litigation. And I was just a few months in, I had, um, graduated law school a year before spent a year working for a judge, which I loved and started practicing. And I, there's a lot of things about the, the work and the environment that I liked but it became pretty clear to me pretty quickly. Like, I don't know if practicing law at a law firm is for me. I don't know if practicing law is for me. And I knew I really was wanting to do environmental work. 
and that there was going to give me, whenever I thought about it, I got excited whenever I was engaged in it. My undergrad is in environmental studies, but I, I wasn't practicing anything related to that. So I found human design and it gave me permission that I was allowed to change my mind. As a manifesting generator, one of the aspects that's very common with my energy type, there are five types. We're going to be doing an episode on each type, but I'll just name them quickly in case you see them on the chart. Generator, manifester, manifesting generator. Some people actually put this in another type, but we're going to talk about it separately. Projector and reflector. As a manifesting generator, part of my Part of the way I operate in the world is to move non-linearly, is to switch between things. And I was sitting here saying, you know, I was only like 25 or 26 years old. I went to law school right out of undergrad. So I was young and thinking, well, I already went to law school. I'm, and I'm at this great place. This is an amazing firm. It's amazing opportunity. I guess I just have to do this for the rest of my life. Like it felt so radical and crazy to think about doing something else. And it felt all or nothing that either had to be all in because the hours are really demanding in this sort of line of work. So I had to be all in, or I had to leave totally and human design and learning that I was a manifesting generator. It did two things. And the first thing is it said, it's one, it's okay to change your mind. You're competent. It's not because you're not capable, but it's natural for you. And two, it said, you can do two things at once. You can be a lawyer and do something else, which is actually what I'm doing now. I split my time between, you know, strategic and regulatory consulting work and, um, human design and and coaching and energy work. And that was blew my mind, which maybe sounds silly, but I literally had never comprehended that. And while I may have given someone else permission to do that in my own life, I just didn't think that was acceptable. And the third thing I learned from energy type was your work is supposed to feel satisfying. It's not supposed to feel frustrating. It's not supposed to feel like it's hard every day. I had kind of decided that this feels really hard for me because it's just hard work and it's rigorous. And this is just part of the game. And, but I would look back at other times, like when I was working for a judge and I was like, I actually, it was challenging, but I felt this level of flow and I'm not feeling that with this sort of work. And I just thought that's just the way it has to be. And human design told me, no, that's not the case. It's not, doesn't mean it won't be challenging or be stimulating, but it should feel fulfilling and satisfying. And it shouldn't feel like you want to beat your head against the wall. And as obvious that sounds, I hadn't given myself permission yet to say, this may not be good. I'm very positive. And I think I kind of tried to like will myself into with gratitude into, um, wanting to be here. And I finally got to a point where say, I can have absolute gratitude for this job, for this opportunity, for this opportunity to learn and know that this isn't for me. This is a stop and I'm going to learn as much as I can and contribute what I can. And then I'm going to move on. As you're talking, Sam, I just think that it, it, it takes the focus from always looking out at our peers and always looking out at the world. And you were at this you know, pinnacle of success at that age, you were at this law firm, Mm -hmm. like you had checked all the boxes of what society said that you should want. And looking out at other people, you were like, well, you know, this is it. I better buckle up. Like this is my life now because looking at other people, you had achieved success. And yet what human design gave you permission to do is like, put on some blinders. Don't look at anybody else. Go inward and check in with your energy 
are you receiving energy doing this thing? Are you feeling energized? Are you feeling expansive or not? And even though to anybody else quitting that job was, you know, they probably thought that you had lost it. And yet checking in with yourself, you knew exactly where your energy was being exhausted and depleted, which I think takes a lot of courage. It gave me this idea of actually, maybe it could look different. And it's not, you know, this isn't because of the specific firm or anything, you know, there is a number of reasons where this just wasn't the right path for me, Mm -hmm. but yes, I, this, this law firm's an incredible firm and some of the partners, the kind of the lawyers that are more senior, there are some of the best lawyers in the country. And I would read about them in the New York times. And then I would see them walk by my office and I would say, this is amazing. You should be so grateful. And I was, but it's okay to be grateful and acknowledge that this isn't the path for you. You can have both. There's space for both. And to say, I'm, you know, this is amazing for my path. And given everything I knew at the time when I made the decisions, but now I know more and I get to give myself permission to at least explore, to see if there's a job out there that can give me energy and also check all these other boxes that I learned about, like, um, feeling like I had the ability to be really expressive. That's something that's very, comes through a lot of my chart. I'm very expressive and animated, and I need to have the permission to do that in a workplace that kind of allows for that. Totally. And yet you're so multifaceted because you have this part of you that is, you know, you, you, cultivate intimacy and you have all the spirit and there's this emotional energy. And yet there's also this investigator part of you and this planning and strategy part of you. So I just think it's so cool. And I love seeing you continue to walk both sides of your energy, not to sort of like leave one or the other. And and that society, if you had quit this job without human design, you would have been like, let's go fully to the other side of this only coaching, only energy work. And the fact that you are walking the duality as a manifesting generator, as a multi-passionate doer is so beautiful to witness. Yeah. You get to do both. And that's, I think the greatest permission that human design has given me is like, you can, there can be a a side of you that is um, so invested in healing and in emotional support and who wants to dress up in body paint and dance at a music festival. And that loves really thoughtful, intellectual, stimulating work and organized and you get to do all. So Nadia, I would love to hear from you. Tell me about the way human design changed your life. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) um, I want to quickly comment though, Sam, to just kind of like tie this up. If you're not following Sam yet on Instagram, I would highly encourage it because uh, she does show all the multifaceted sides of herself. She's really, really connected to mother earth. She's really connected to environmentalism. She's really connected to her legal work. And, um, I have a client who followed Sam and she was like, but, but Sam also likes to party. Like, I love that she'll post about like a, you know, like a weekend that she has, like being at a music festival, being at live music, like talking about how you can be spirit quote unquote spiritual and also, you know, partake in, in drinking sometimes. And just, um, Yeah. I I think that's what I love about you, Sam, is that like, you can be all of the things. Why put yourself in a singular box? So thank you for that reflection. (laughs) And yeah, I agree. And we should do a whole episode talking about the spirituality and partying. And we will, we will. Cause Sam and I both party and and we both (laughs) love to connect to our inner (laughs) inner worlds as well. 
So yes, uh, so multifaceted, so so beautiful. So what have I learned from human design is a is a big question. But I think um, the first thing. And I think the most formative thing that I learned from human design is my life theme. And it's the composite of your top four gifts in human design, which for me, uh, the, the most prominent gift that I have is called the gate of growth. And it's that I'm a catalyst for growth for, for everybody who steps into my aura. Basically I'm obsessed with growth and it made so much of my life make sense because I've been obsessed with self self self-help and personal development books, as long as I've honestly been reading And, um, I'm obsessed with clothing, closing cycles. I'm obsessed with helping people look at their lives and say, what's not working. Where, where do you need to level up right now? Uh, (laughs) and that there's this intensity that courses through me that I've always felt inside that I, that I tried to kind of suppress a bit and seeing it in human design. So clearly laid out, I was like, this is who I am. I, I love growth. And so can I just lean into this part of myself and lean into, as I become a therapist, there's always going to be this part of me. That's also a little bit more of a coach that can not only help people sit with, you know, the, the, the past, but also have them look forward to toward the future. So that's the first thing. It's the specific flavor of Aries energy that I was born under. And then I have other top gifts, but my second most prominent top top gift is called the gate of mystery. And this gift is unconscious in human design, meaning I wasn't even aware that I was like this, but the gate of mystery is all about having comfort sitting with things that are unexplainable. And so even as I was going through this human design phase that I thought, you know, was just a phase. <laughs> I was like, I'll get on. Like, this is weird. Like, why am I so interested in astrology and human design and all this stuff? And I looked at my chart and I was like, God damn it. Like it's right there. This is who I'm meant to be. I'm meant to hold people's hands and walk with them through the mystery and say, it doesn't need to be fully explained. The fact that we're even on this planet in the first place is unexplainable. It really is. Our human minds cannot fathom how so much intelligence just surges through how nature is constructed and how our planet, like even just looking at the moon cycles, I just think it is so baffling that our moon cycles from new to full every single month at the same time. And that it's connected to our bodies. Like there's so much intelligent design in our world. And yet we don't understand how it's not fully explainable. And that is where my mind always goes. And that is what's in my chart. And altogether, my top four gifts tell uh, the story of my life path. And the first sentence in my life path is, you are here to describe everything that happens in your world. And so looking at this single sentence in my chart, I was like, damn, that's what I'm here to do. And I have to stop judging the fact that I want to create this podcast, that I want to share my life more publicly, that I want to help people understand why we're here and the purpose of life and how they can make the most of it. Because it's literally what I chose as Nadia. So here we go. Buckle up. Let's go. Nadia, I love, I mean, I love the whole thing, but what you said at the end of it's literally what I chose. And there's something, you know, we, we talk about human design as being a system for inner inquiry and for self-acceptance, which it is, but it's also a system to kind of get your ass in gear a little bit because 
gifts are something that should be used and there's something that should be embodied. And there's an responsibility here of like you, if there's this desire and urge for both of us, it, it looks different based off our charge, but for both of us, it's so important for us to express ourselves and to really share, like share intimately, um, things that are happening in our worlds. And both of us experience some self-judgment about that. Like, why do I feel such a need to tell everybody about all my <laughs> And both of our partners are like, are you sure you want <laughs> And I'm like, the world has to know, but truly, and there, those urges are grounded and they're honest and they're real and they bring a real sense of purpose and fulfillment to us. And it's not us for to judge um, why we have that. We have these gifts and they're meant to be used. And without human design, this is really the crux of why I'm so passionate about the system. Without human design, I would not be doing this right now, period. A hundo. There person. is no chance in hell. And the number of people that I've shared their human design with them, it's more like, here is your energy. You choose, you have already in some respects chosen what to do with it, but like help here, remember who you are. And then after the reading, they're like, okay, I, you know, started this thing. I started doing this. I, you know, got out of this relationship, whatever it is that needs to be done on their life path. It's almost like it, like brings them back too. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh yeah, this is who I am. I know the next step. I know the next step. And so human design is not for us to tell you, like, this is what you're going to do with your life. You're going to quit your job and start a podcast like us, <laughs> <laughs> but it will give you some level of remembrance. Oh yes. I am so innately creative. That photography business that I left by the wayside six years ago is meant for me. I'm going to bring it back to life. And it just gives you confidence to embody who you are. And self-trust. I had a, um, a friend and a client I had done a reading for reach out to me and we did the reading a while ago, probably eight or nine months. And she said, okay, I did something kind of crazy. I, I quit my job. I'm moving across the country. Um, I'm changing basically everything. And I did it based off my sacral response. She's a sacral authority. And it was this Meaning. gut, gut, this strong gut response. And basically for anyone who's a generator, a manifesting generator as your energy type, um, the way that you decide when you have all this energy available to you, but you need to be discerning about what you commit it to. And you need to wait until you have this positive in the body reaction. It can look like this excitement. It can look like a magnetic pull, a knowing it'll feel in the body. And if you don't know what it is, you'll have to get connected with it because it's kind of the, um, the North star of how we move through the world. And she, what she said was, I never knew that it was okay for me to trust myself and my inner authority like that. And this just feels really good. And it feels dramatic. I know a bit about the circumstance. She's a lawyer too. And it's an incredible move. Like it makes a lot of sense, but in, in that moment, in that mind, I think it feels scary. And it, giving this language gave the opportunity to say, there's another way to think about it. And it's okay to trust that feeling inside. It's okay to listen to it. You're not crazy. You don't have to dismiss it. And you don't have to just start 
only going by this. You get to experiment with it. Human design at its core is just an experiment. It's a set of tools, use them, experiment it and collect evidence that actually works for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's a tool to help you trust yourself, to trust the things that you've always felt within yourself but that your mind convinced you out of. Because remember that whatever decision-making faculty that you have, it's always in the body and it's never in the mind. And so our minds are these very, very powerful tools that can help us you know, decipher uh, certain situations and logic our ways out of things and make a pros and cons list. But ultimately, it can never be what we lean on to make decisions that are correct for us. So I love this example, Sam, of a client who was like, I'm just trusting my gut now. And this is where it's leading me to. And I had the same experience with a good friend who left a very long-term relationship. And they were like, you know, there's no reason why I needed to do this, except that I felt it in my gut and I'd let my mind convince me out of it for years. And um, yeah, it just gives me chills thinking about it. Like this is just a tool where we want to bring you back home to yourself. Yes. Well, Nadia, um, you know, we have certainly hyped up. We, we like work for big human design. We like hype it up. (laughs) (laughs) Go, go, go. (laughs) We love it. And it's so, it's been such a beautiful thing. We love it because it's impacted us personally and we've watched it impact others. So should we give a little bit of a preview of where we're going to go next with the series? Absolutely. Would you like to take it away? (laughs) I would love to. So as we've mentioned a few times, there's kind of two core parts of human design and, um, and of course, we'd be remiss. We, we meant to say this at the beginning, but human design was transmitted in 1987, and it's a synthesis of several other ancient wisdoms. 1987? 1987. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I said, but 1987. <laughs> um, and it's a synthesis of, of many other ancient wisdoms, Western astrology, the Kabbalah of Tree of Life, the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu chakra system. And... Um, it it's so cool to me and wild that like this system that comes can draw on these systems that people have been using for thousands of years and have been like looking to for guidance and wisdom and that we have the opportunity to in learning human design to also learn about if you choose to kind of the roots and where this comes from. Um, but as, as we were noting a few times, there's kind of two main core parts of your chart. And it's the most important thing that is your energy type and your authority, your energy type, as Nadia said, is kind of your main role in the world. And there are five types. We're going to do an episode on each type, a real deep dive. So listen to them. And my suggestion is listen to other types that aren't yours, because it'll help you understand the way other people operate, the way that your partners and your friends and your family and your colleagues and the world operates beyond Um, the way, you know, human design has been extremely expansive for me, but it's probably just as much for me as it's helped me accept other people around me because I realized they're not me. And as obvious as that is, I couldn't really get that through my head. Like I was kind of always assessing them through what, what I do. And it, it helped me understand one, because I pulled a ton of their charts, but also even if I don't, if I can't look at someone's chart, I can see all the different ways that this could potentially feel. And it gives me more empathy. Go ahead. Well, I was just, I got so excited because I think that human design comes alive in community. And so what we were talking about, about human design, bringing you back to yourself only when you can release with such a tight grip, 
trying to become someone that you're not. And I think that I stopped trying to become someone that I wasn't when I recognized and started to trust the things that I'm trying so hard to become are what somebody already is. So let them do what they do best so that I can step into my lane of genius. And I think in our, in our relationship, Sam, this really comes to life as well because we complement each other's energy. So yes, listen to the rest of the types, hundred percent agree. It'll be super fun. And then we'll get into authorities and um, we'll probably group these together, which is again, how you make decisions. And, and I think of it as the way your intuition best functions, but it, there's a real practical component to this. And then we will explore the different profile lines and we'll see after that, where we go, but definitely both Nadia and I, um, Nadia's Instagram is Nadia last underscore. We both create a lot of human design content. And so if you want to go into some of these other, um, concepts like centers, like gates, Nadia has been doing incredible gate posts where she's given in depth. I haven't seen anything like it online for free of every single gate. And, um, so that's a great resource. You can learn about centers and kind of further your study. If you're at that stage, and if you have no idea of the words I just used, that's totally <laughs> fine. Uh, we don't need to stay with, stick with us on the podcast and, um, we'll talk a lot here. Absolutely. And Sam's Instagram is at wild river where she shares about all the things that are interesting to her, but she's been really revving up her human design content recently and sharing a lot of the primer, a lot of the foundational understanding where it's like, what does each, what do each of these centers mean? So I would say, Sam, I also haven't seen stuff like what you're posting and it's really awesome. So, and then finally, um, if you'd like to get involved in what Sam and I are doing outside of just listening to this podcast, you are always invited into our community that we're building. We are planning on having a uh, new moon circle sometime in December. We're thinking December 4th. And you can learn more about that by following us on Instagram. We'll be posting about that, um, sort of setting some last intentions for the final new moon of the lunar calendar year. And uh, additionally, we have a couple group things coming up that we'll be posting about on our Instagrams. Mm -hmm. And both Nadia and I offer human design readings. We would love to do a deeper exploration of your chart and connect with you about where you are and um, what feels alive for you and provide any kind of both human design information, but some real heart connection too. And follow your inner authority if it feels right for any of these things. But we always, you know, if you just join us here on the podcast, that's great, but we'd love to stay involved if you reach out to us about what parts of just this episode resonated with you. Ask us, uh, share with us things that you'd like us to include. This is a co-creative experience and we're both fourth lines. We love deep, intimate, actual connections. So you can DM us on Instagram. You can email us. We'll include that in the show notes. Uh, reach out, share. We'd love to be connected with you. Yes. We want to know what you want to know. We want to know at any point, if you're brand new, tell us what's confusing for you. Tell us what you, it's just not making sense. There is no, sh like, human design is a whole new language. And even sometimes we don't mean to, but we get caught up on it. So we are, our doors open for that. We would love to connect with you. And if you have a friend or someone in your life, who's interested in human design or who hasn't heard of it, but maybe is interested in astrology or Myers-Briggs or self-development or going through a transition in their life, send them these podcast episodes. Amazing. Sam, thank you for joining me today. This was so much fun. 
Nadia, thank you for joining me. <laughs> this is so fun. And again, Nadia and I both have podcasts. You might be, we're going to be posting these on each of our podcasts. So, um, depending on who you're coming through, check out the other ones, because in addition to human design, we speak about all sorts of other experiences and, um, modalities, and modalities and speaking with different people. It's a lot of fun. So much fun, Sam, you're the best. Can't wait the best. for the next episode. Thank you.